there a mentor? Um, so, yeah, I mean, there have been many mentors, I think, over the years. Um, so I've taken, you know, different classes. I went up to Lilydale, which is a spiritualist community of mediums um, in, in New York State, and I'd taken some classes up there. I'd read some books, you know, that, that connected me um, to my emotional intelligence so that I could, because I really do feel like when you're going to take on the responsibility to work with other people, in a way that you're connecting on a very spiritual plane, you need, it's your responsibility to be, I think, as connected and, un, and as aware of your own stuff as you potentially and possibly could be. And I'm not saying I'm a perfect person. Absolutely not. I've got my own things. In fact, many times when I'm in session with someone, I will go, oh, that's good advice for me too. <laughs> and I'll say, you know, and I'll thank the person for coming and I'll say, you know, there's no there's no, um, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe in like synchronicities. And, and I said, you know, and I would say to them, Hey, thanks for coming here because you brought this into my awareness just as much as I'm bringing it into yours. Well, sure. One of the things we try to do is point out blind spots mm -hmm. to people. And quite often there's, there's a old 12 step saying, uh, Santina that says you can't read the label when you're inside the mm -hmm. bottle. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's, that has much more to do than drug and alcohol addiction. Mm -hmm. It's when you're in a relationship or in distress or sorrow that you can't read the label, but others can. Right. So perhaps you help point out the label. Yeah. And then they help me read my own, I guess, <laughs> to some degree. How are you taking your own advice? Yeah. So I, I do. I, I, I kind of feel if I'm going to tell someone to take this advice, I also have to follow it. So a lot of times, you know, I will listen to that. Um, but I do try to, as much as I can, help people to develop their own intuition because I do believe we're, many of us have intuition. I actually believe all of us do. It's just a matter of how suppressed it is. And so I teach actually um, intuitive development and psychic development and mediumship development out of two two different places in the area. Could you could you share that with us? Sure. So um, one of them is in the north part of town in Millville. There's a, a nice little place that just started up, I think maybe a few years ago, called the Millville House, and they've got really it's a nice little community center in the town of Millville. And they do, there's a, a sound healer there who does um, sound baths. Um, there's a Reiki um, healer. There's somebody who does astrology. And there's also a woman who does tarot. So they have a really nice array of things. And I do workshops out of there that, so I think our next one will be in December. And we're going to do it on angel communication because, you know, it is the season mm -hmm. for everyone to be having angels on their tree. But it's like, well, let's. Let's not just put the ornament out there. Let's connect them with that angelic realm and that energy of, of helping and healing and, and being an angel in this world. Okay. So what you're trying to do is help people connect. Yeah. And then the other space that I teach out of is in the South Hills um, called uh, Inner Roots. And it's actually a storefront. And then they have workshops in the back. So I do a monthly psychic development class there that's normally the second Friday of the month. Okay. Well, what we often ask people to do is differentiate between an expert's mind and a beginner's mind. And we've often referred to an expert's mind as like a thoroughbred horse that's trained to do one thing and they do it well. However, they have blinders on and they can only see in one direction. They have a template of the world that they think 
that everyone ought to fit into, where if you've been around a three or a four year old child and they look at something and it's just, they're full of wonder, mm-hmm. marvelous. Wouldn't it be great to just walk through life like that? Mm-hmm. Definitely. In fact, I feel like at, and hidden inside of each one of us is a three or four year old. And I feel like the more we let them out, the more we can be in joy and we can be like our truest self. I do. I, I feel there is something to connecting into that that childish, I guess, innocence. Well, we often, again, we often help people figure out what's important in their lives, as most things are not. Right. There's there's no prize for being the richest person in a cemetery. I often, you know, and I try to put that in perspective. It's hard, you know, as a human being in this world um, to go, am I going to really care about that on my deathbed? You know, is that going to make a difference? Well, quite often I'll ask people, well, what do you want on your tombstone? I clean the house every day really good. Right. <laughs> right. And it's like, I don't even really care what's on my tombstone or if I even have one, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. Because we always, we often talk about time traveling on this show, mm. frequent flyer miles to the past and the future, brief layovers in the present. Mm-hmm. So we try to help people recenter themselves and reground themselves and deal with what's right in front of them. To walk through life with their eyes wide open rather than with their eyes wide shut. Mm-hmm. Um, so could you tell us a little bit of the difference between what is a psychic and what is a medium? Sure. Psychic is somebody who has um, what we call precognitions or or knowings before. And, and I think psychic abilities comes in ways that we just, we don't know how we know something or you have a gut feeling about something or you just sense something being wrong. That's our intuition. That's our psychic ability. So I believe that we as human beings, we had this. I think this was a critical component that we had when we were hunters and gatherers. We needed to have a sense of what was around that corner. Was it going to want to eat me? And I think that we've been domesticated and we don't need this um, aspect of ourselves as much. And so we value the intellect over the the intuitive aspects of, of what we have inside of us. So that's why I, I firmly believe that we can develop this. And some of us are, are born just naturally very connected and very attuned. But some of us, it's it's just kind of like, I, I like somebody had said this, and I'm going to borrow it, I don't know who said it, but it's kind of like learning to play the piano. Some of us are born as virtuosos. Some of us need to practice eight hours a day. And so it's just a matter of kind of... Um, being, you know, figuring out who you are. And even if you are born a virtuoso, you still have to practice and refine that skill. In a 12-step world, what we talk about is it's about whole, the whole basis of 12-step recovery is about having a spiritual connection with something. And what I try to explain mindfulness is that if we're present and aware than the creator, the divine, the universe, whatever, we'll put people, places, things, events in front of us that if we're there to witness them, then it'll have some meaning for us. But I'll suggest to people that most of the time we have so much chatter going on in our head or so preoccupied that creation could be happening in front of us and we wouldn't see it. Right. But back to your question. So that that's medium. Or I'm sorry. That's <laughs> that's that's what being psychic and intuitive is. That's the it's it's just knowing things and for me I think it's more instinctual. It's like having a sense of what we need for ourselves and keeping us safe and keeping those around us that we care about safe. That's what intuition is. Now mediumship is a bit different. That's when you connect into 
the energies, the sensation, maybe sometimes the personality of people who you knew in life, um, or sometimes people in my case that I had never met before that come in with people. Um, and I find oftentimes the very first thing that I connect into whenever I am doing mediumship, sometimes I'll see them in my mind's eye and I'll, I'll see like their eyes or a certain part of, of, you know, what, what their physical appearance is just to help the person to connect to them. But that doesn't mean that that's what they, you know what I mean? It's not who they are in spirit. It's, it's all part of a message, part of like, I get pieces of a puzzle to make a larger picture so that it creates a context for the person who is sitting there. And oftentimes it's, I've never met this person before and I know all of these things about, these very particular things about a person. I think one of the, one of the most intimidating experiences I ever had was I had a client sit in front of me and say, my brother always used to say this thing to me and I've gone to every medium and I, I, I want to believe in you guys, but until somebody says this one thing, I'm not going to believe. And, um, and I, I just said, boy, I'm, I'm not, she said, I test everybody. I said, boy, I'm just not good at tests. I just don't like to feel like I'm being tested. And so we, we do this reading and I, I could feel her brother there. You know, I'm, ex- I'm describing his personality. I'm describing some things going on in their life. And then, uh, you know, it's over. I didn't get anything. And we're just casually talking. And then as we're casually talking, I hear in my ear a message whispered for her. And it was exactly that phrase. And it was really amazing to feel how connected she felt to her brother at that point in time. And for me too, it kind of, you take it for granted when you are able just to kind of like get things. But I really felt that it was like very palpable, the electricity of of the the knowing that I had just really is it the presence of that individual like the sister being with you that allows that spirit energy to come yes i always say that um it's not me that that calls their energy it's it's the sitter it's the person who i'm reading there with they're the person in spirit is there for them and their their energy is what draws them to me I oftentimes tell people I'm like the old fashioned operator. I just put one little, you know, I, I don't, I don't have a context for this other than I've seen it in the movies, but you, you know, they would put one little lever here and one little lever there. And before you know it, the two are talking. So most people's conception of a medium would be a seance. Yeah. I mean, and, and I have done that and there, I don't have anything, you know, bad to say about that. Um, but in, in the movies, oftentimes things are depicted just for horror and for the drama of it. And it really isn't about that. I mean, my intention every time I do connect them with spirit is always to help those that need the help, that want to have the you know some sort of healing or resolution in their life. I, Most people would like closure. Most people have many regrets when someone goes to the next world. They wish that they could convey a message they wish so often it says i wish i could have spent more time with this person i wish i could have told them i love them uh, i'm so upset that the last our last meeting was one of conflict right and so many times i try to tell people you can have that communication with them and i sometimes i'll coach them into just close your eyes and just see that person in front of your face just see that person remember what their laughter sound like remember what their voice sounded like. Just remember what it felt like to be in their presence. So that's in a sense, being a medium, 
So if I can get people to kind of help to recall that, that person in their life, and then I say, just imagine, because so much of your intuition is your imagination. I say, imagine that person is there in front of you. I want you to say what's in your heart to them. And you don't have to speak it out loud. You can say it in your mind. In fact, whenever I was a, a child and I would see people in spirit, it was all telepathically happening. It wasn't that I was talking in crowds to people. I would hear information coming in. And I know this sounds, I would probably have been met heavily medicated if I had talked about this, but it, it truly was. I would hear, I would hear thoughts in my head that were not actually coming from me. They were a communication in, into my own thought process. So the message is the, what the, the spirit world, an individual, the energy is trying to get across to their loved one generally consists of? Mostly, I mean, whenever people are in the world of spirit and, and there's, there's so many different people that I've connected in with, and I feel it's such a privilege, you know, to, to be able to connect in with people. But the most, I think, important and the most um, universal message that I hear from people is, and I'm, I'm not trying to go biblical or anything like that, but the, the treat others how you want to be treated is 150% the way to live your life. Because anyone who's told me, and these are the spirit people who I've connected to, when they have a life review, they don't view it from their own perspective. You're viewing it from all of the perspectives of the people who you connected in with, whether it be good or bad, and you're feeling it as if you're them. And so... It makes you really reevaluate how you put your energy out in the world, you know? Do you ever get questions like, is my father with my mother? Are they oh, happy yeah. together? How about this How about this conception of hell and heaven? I, actually, I, I feel heaven and hell are, are present in our conscious awareness. I really do. I mean, we can create our own hell. We really, truly can by our actions, by our thoughts, by our habits, by our choices. Hell can be here. Um, so I don't think hell is a place to go to. Hell is a place we can make. Have you ever said, uh, asked, been asked by someone, is my mother in hell? Um, not really. I don't think anyone has ever. Now, I have connected with people who um, in the spirit world have taken their own life. And people are often, are they in heaven? You know, how do I know that they're in heaven? And what I believe is that we all go back to the space that we came from. We all go back to source and we all go back to this place of just love and, and acceptance and peace is, is the best way that I could describe it. So whether you want to call that heaven, sure, sure. They're in heaven. Um, but I think heaven can be here on earth too. It can be, I, I really feel that heaven and hell are things that we create. You know? Well, most of these terms have been created by other people mm -hmm. as partially control, I believe in you can everybody can get upset with that if they choose right, to. Right, right. Uh, however, most people when they view spirits, what conjures up into their mind is ghosts. Mm -hmm. And do you do you have people have that conception? Because most of the things about ghosts have been by horror writers and movies, right? And again, fear is a lot oftentimes things that we don't completely understand, and so. You know, I, I respect people that are into ghost hunting and want to do that kind of thing, but don't take me along because I'll ruin the fun for you and just give you the message of what they're just trying to say. So EVPs and stuff like that are, are great and fun, you know, whenever you get electronic voice phenomenons from spirit. Um, 
but I could just directly tell you what they're saying and what they're about and all that good stuff. And, um, are there, you know, negative energies? Absolutely. But it's kind of like in life, you, you connect what you resonate, you know? So if, if, if I'm going to be, I don't, I personally make it a point not to try to connect in with anything that would be negative or want to harm. I've been in spaces where I've connected in with that and felt it just because of the residual energy in that space. Um, but you know, I feel a strong connection to my own angels, to my own guides, and I feel very protected. And whenever I feel I'm in a space that I don't want to be in, I simply remove myself. And I often tell people, you know, because people are afraid, oh, well, if I go into a space that's haunted or has bad energy or negativity, am that's I going to take that? That's an interesting word. Could you, could you play more up on the haunted aspect? Yeah. So they, they talk about, well, if I go in there, am I going to take that home with me? And I say, well, if you want to, you can. So if you don't want to, then make it clear that nothing is allowed to connect with you in that way. And I said, and keep your energy high and don't be afraid because the fear is the doorway in. And so. Could you repeat that, please? The fear is the doorway in for for evil or malevolence or any of that stuff. I heard you. I just wanted everyone (laughs) out there to repeat that because uh, my own philosophy is that the only power these things have is the power you give them. It's true. And I think I, this is something you've probably heard over and over again, but fear is that false evidence appearing real. And that's truly what it is. I mean, if you really do look at your fears, some of them that aren't, you know, life threatening, of course. How about um, people who tell you you're opening up a channel to the darkness? Yeah, I just, the only way that you can open up channel to darkness is if you make that be your intention to do so. I really do believe that most people, I think our nature is to be loving and kind. And I think that's what nature is. Um, if you look at nature, it heals itself. Our bodies heal themselves. So there's this overwhelming resounding evidence of things wanting to help you in this world. There aren't many horror stories or writers who write about Casper. The friend yeah, that's true. Because it doesn't sell and everybody likes, everyone likes to feel, I guess, that sense of, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what this is. And and that's a legitimate, Mm -hmm. you know, human experience. But I feel like, you know, are there things that frighten me? Sure. I mean, I scuba dive. That's one of the many things that I do. And I have been in the ocean with many sharks, like migrating hammerhead sharks. Mm -hmm. And yeah, was I, at first I wasn't afraid because I knew that these sharks, I was so out in the, so far out in the ocean, they had never seen a human. They didn't know what I was, but then the more they became, I guess, interested in me and were coming closer to me, I I could feel the fear transfer from them to Mm -hmm. me. Do you see how that works? It's kind of like, I wasn't afraid because I could feel they were and then when they started to get more confident, I became a little bit. Well, it's <laughs> like a counseling term, uh, transference and countertransference, yeah. the energy between you and uh, your patient. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com, where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. 
This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.